Let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful who have gathered here out of love for you. And may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In just two days, we will begin the season of Lent with an Ash Wednesday worship service here in this space and online at 7.03 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Now, there's a scripture that goes with that, 7.03, but I couldn't remember what it was, so I'm just going to say we're doing 7.03 as an unusual number to remind you to come to church. <laughs> we will remember in that service our humanity and mark our foreheads with ashes as we are as a reminder that we are dust and to dust we shall return we will prepare ourselves to journey for 40 days with Jesus to the celebration of the palms to the table of the last supper to the crucifixion and ultimately the joy of Easter and the resurrection and so while Lent is upon us today we are still in the season of Epiphany, the season of light. The season when we encounter Jesus, who reveals the light to us, who reveals the very presence of God in human form. The season when we experience the mystical inbreaking of God into our world and our lives. Now, it is interesting to me, I mean, the gospel writers are just amazing. In, in how things work in the story. But it is interesting to me that the Lenten journey is bookended by two mountains. The Mount of Transfiguration and the Mount of Calvary. Equally, we cannot hear today's gospel reading without remembering that we began this season with the mystical story of Jesus' baptism. Remember the story? And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up out of the water, suddenly the heavens opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my chosen one, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Now, given our reading today that tells us a voice from the cloud said, This is my chosen one, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It is notable to remember that in the baptismal story, there was also a voice, the same voice, a voice naming and claiming of belonging and love. Now, Diana Butler Bass, of course, has something really good to say about this. I like to, to read her work because she always challenges me and is so uh, insightful. Um, she reminded me that although we often think of Jesus' baptism as a, as a public thing, and it was public, and that there were people around, they were also being baptized, John the Baptist was there, um, there's no indication that anyone other than Jesus experienced the vision and what happened and the voice as he did. The story tells us the heavens opened to him, he saw the Spirit alight on him. 
Jesus had a vision of the Spirit alighting on, upon him, and, and Diana Butler writes this, alighting holds the double meaning of both landing upon him and illuminating him. And with that, Jesus awakened to his deepest identity as the beloved child of God, right? But now on this final Sunday of Epiphany, Jesus' closest followers, Peter, James, and his brother John, are invited up on the mountain to go pray with Jesus. And there, in the midst of Jesus praying, they see a vision. They see a vision of their teacher with Moses and Elijah. And I will remind you that our Christian ears don't tend to hear that Moses is the giver of the law. And Elijah is the sort of central prophet of the Jewish people. So we get the law and the prophets being represented. And so there they see their teacher with Moses and Elijah. And Jesus is filled and shining with light and converses there with Moses and Elijah. And in case, in this case, unlike his baptism, the vision, the experience, the, the, the light is shared with those who are with him. In short, as we who are LGBTQ plus community say, might say, it's Jesus coming out story, <laughs> right? I mean, all of a sudden, what was hidden in the baptism is out of the closet. Now, I learned just this week something from some colleagues of mine, that, for, that in the Universal Fellowship of Metropolitan Community Churches, which is often referred to as MCC, it was a denomination formed in Los Angeles in the fall of 1968, and specially formed as early as 1968 to publicly minister to LGBTQ plus people. Now, what I didn't know is that Transfiguration Sunday in this denominational tradition was as important to this community as Christmas and Easter. I was so moved by that. And why not? It is about Jesus coming out to the world. Uh, well, at least to his closest friends, which is what usually happens when we first come out, right? We tell our closest friends, and then we go, don't tell anybody, <laughs> right? I mean, really. I mean, Jesus is following the pattern, right? And, and that's not just for LGBTQ plus people. It's for all our siblings who have something that they carry in their heart that they don't and haven't shared with anybody, and they're still caught in. And they need the coming out as much as LGBTQ plus people do. But don't tell anybody. This is a mystical vision, one that inspired Peter to suggest building three shrines, one for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, right on the spot. Now I have to offer a confession. Jason Michelli a United Methodist pastor, blogger, and podcaster writing about this story suggests that most preachers get Peter's suggestion of building the shrines wrong. 
as he says, and I echo, color me guilty. Now, I imagine most of you have sat through a sermon on the transfiguration more than once because it comes up every single year. In different gospels, granted, but every single year. So, if you've sat through even a couple of sermons on this story, you know how it goes. We point the finger at Peter and say he is his usual obtuse self and is missing the point, speaking before thinking, God bless Peter. And from there we go one of two ways. One is Peter's missing the point in that he wants to stay on the mountain. But the call of discipleship is not to stay on the mountain. The call of discipleship is go back into the world to light, have your candle light another candle, to, to be with the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized, the least, the last, the lost, the lonely. That is our calling as disciples. And so that'll preach, right? The second is to keep the focus on Peter and remind everybody who's worshiping that just like Peter, we too are foolish, impulsive, speak before we think, and miss the point. And Jesus still loved him and forgave him. And if Jesus could love Peter, then certainly Jesus could love us. And that'll preach too. And I've done it. Those are the two places I've gone. So what Michelle offers is that that perhaps Peter got it right. I mean, notice that Jesus doesn't scold Peter. I mean, something that Jesus had previously done, get behind me, Satan, you know that story. So, instead, once the vision Once the vision is there and they see it and Jesus is the only one left after the cloud lifts, right? Um, Jesus comes to them and touches them, the scripture says. The tenderest of gestures and says to them, get up. Do not be afraid. Well, that's good pastoral loving words, if ever I heard them, right? So maybe Jesus doesn't respond because Peter's right. So I just have to wonder, does Jesus not respond because what Peter gets right, even if he doesn't know exactly what is going on, is that gazing upon Jesus Christ, who is filled with the light of God, is good. To take the time to encounter Jesus as the light of the world is good. Michelle writes, in one instant of transfiguration clarity, Peter sees the humanity of Jesus suffused with the eternal glory of God. And in that instant, Peter glimpses the mystery of our faith, that God became human so that humanity might become like God. 
Suddenly a bright cloud overshadows them, perhaps the same cloud that was around back at the time when the, the people of Israel were led out of their slavery, out of Egypt. And they hear a voice, this is my chosen one, my beloved, listen to him. And suddenly, the poor are blessed, the meek are blessed, the persecuted are blessed, and it all makes sense, right? The beloved one has opened this vision to all of them and all of us, invited us in. The distance between heaven and earth has vanished. The realm of God shines through all of creation. Well, that's a good story for those days, but what about us today? What does this mean? What does it mean for us? Well, maybe this. This week, um, I want to ask the questions. When was the last time you gazed upon Jesus Christ filled with delight? And when was the last time you listened to him? For some, it comes this way. A poem by Karen Paul Holmes tells it this way. At least two people I know takes, take photos of hearts in nature. That's the title of the poem. At least two people I know take pictures of hearts in nature. So listen to this. Morning glory leaves. Rocks, clouds, a horse's fur, an upturned pear that grew oddly so. Or man-made by chance, oil swirls on pa pavement, an accidental heart in marble rye. These shapes, symbols for the human heart, its beat and chambers linked with love since Sappho's mad heart quaked with it and Venus gave Cupid his bow. The seekers aren't looking for a weeping Mary or Jesus for thousands to bow down before. Just reminders to be mindful, like when my Buddhist chime sprinkles the quiet with silver. Once I look and I begin to see hearts in the unexpected universe, small doses of hope, a broken cockle shell, tangled in kelp, the grain of a cedar bench, pollen on a still pond. This is the glory of God. For me, it happened a different way. In 2018, my family, Stephanie, Sydney, and I had the wonderful opportunity to take a cruise in the Caribbean islands. <clears throat> it was a wonderful vacation. We enjoyed seeing some of the islands, tasting the cu cuisine, tasting the cuisine, <laughs> and seeing the sights. <clears throat> it was also just over a year since my dad had died, Papa Hutt. He had died in late June of 2017. And his death following my mom's, well, it left me and my sisters as orphans. To say that I missed them cannot contain the loss of One evening, as the sun was going down, I stepped out onto the balcony of our room and looked out to sea, and my loss was weighing me down. 
as is usual in our house uh, or on trips and things, we play music, and so music was playing. And it was as if the light of the sunset was coming toward me. I was caught in that light for a moment. I, well, actually, I don't know how long. And the only thing I experienced was that light moving toward me across the sea. Everything around me disappeared. It was then that I felt their presence, my mom and dad, with me. And it was as if God spoke to me saying, all is well, they are with me. And then the moment passed, and I was there on the balcony. And Sydney and Stephanie were there, and the beautiful sea was there, and the music was still playing. In my life of being a pastor, I've had many people with share with me their experiences that are interestingly similar. And often they will speak of how time stood still, how they felt someone's presence or heard God's voice. You see, the transfiguration is not just something that happened to Jesus. It happens to us too. And the question is, will we be changed? Will we spend a moment gazing upon the glory of Jesus, the glory of God? Will, will we listen to him? So the questions for us today are, who are you? A child of God filled with the light and love of God. And why are you here? To let your light shine, to love and serve God, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And what does this look like? Simple things. Simple things of using the gifts that you have to love others and to love creation. You know, I say it a lot, but I'm going to say it again. Nobody gets all the gifts. We all get gifts to use. And we need all the gifts in order to be the people of this realm. So, God dwells within us and calls us to rise above and go beyond who we are to be God's light and love in the world. So, listen to this. The Apostle Paul says to you and me, to the church at New Church, Chiesa Nuova, United Church of Christ, in Dallas, Texas, to this part of the body of Christ, now to God who by the power at work within us, within us, within you and me, the Holy Spirit within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we could ever ask or imagine. To God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus now and forever. Then may we behold the glory of God all around us, between us, among us, within us, beyond us and listen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.